Hello, welcome to Retail in Focus. I'm Alex Leonard, Senior Reporter at Retail Systems. The dramatic shift to online during the pandemic has left customers used to a highly digitised shopping experience. Now that stores have reopened, British shoppers are seeking the ease of digital platforms on their trips to the high street. Over the past 18 months, retailers have needed to transform quickly in order to meet new customer demand and deliver frictionless and consistent omnichannel experiences. Whilst navigating a new retail landscape, where bridging the gap between in-store and online is key, companies are grappling with a multitude of other challenges. Brands are looking for ways to unlock the benefits of personalization through tools like automated authentication, whilst addressing widespread privacy concerns around data sharing. They're also now coping with staff shortages as waves of shop floor employees are sent home by the NHS COVID-19 app. Meanwhile, some retailers have used the time of unparalleled disruption to begin their digital transformation journeys, with many looking to conversational and analytical AI to deliver a more personalized and flawless omnichannel experience. To explore some of the best practices and challenges happening in retail at the moment, we're joined by Seb Reeve, Strategy Director at Nuance. Hi, Seb. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks, Alex. Uh, how are you today? And thanks very much for having me. Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. And I'm I'm looking forward to finding out where retailers are in terms of, you know, improving their omnichannel operations after such a disruptive time. So let's jump into the first question. How has the coronavirus pandemic further amplified the need for retailers to deliver a seamless omnichannel experience? That's a great question. Uh, I think the first sort of thing to get to there is is what we mean by omnichannel. Um, you know, clearly consumers have been uh, dealing with retailers over multiple channels for a very long time, and I think for for me at least, uh, omnichannel is really about bringing all of those single interactions over multiple touch points together into a into a kind of a more seamless journey. And and to do that, you know, we need to use a lot more context, and retailers need to think about the sort of context of uh, of the user of their consumers to to ensure that their journey feels cohesive and personal. Um, it doesn't really mean that all channels are equal, however. So it's not about launching lots of channels, right, and launching every channel that there is, but more about guiding customers to the best place to get their needs met. And and I think um, what's what's really kind of shifted in the last eighteen months. Um, you know, I keep seeing lots of articles out there about sort of the behavioural shift and that consumers are now behaving in a way that's sort of five to 10 years ahead in terms of digital adoption. Um, but I think what we're really sort of seeing, you know, the last, last 18 months is a huge amount of uncertainty on the consumer side, on the customer side, because things like, you know, the common processes we all take for granted, you know, like how delivery is going to work and when it will happen and how to pick up in store if you're still doing that, right? And how to return goods if you need to, all of that has completely been disrupted. So, so that's created this massive uncertainty um, uh, you know, and even in store, if they're st- now they're still open, there's still obviously inconsistencies in the ability to try or buy in fashion, for example, you know, or get your hands on goods in the Apple store. You couldn't do that for a while. So, so all of that disruption has really kind of, you know, created a, a, a real uncertainty in terms of how, how we should behave. Um, and of course, uh, 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 you know, overarching that, it's created a massive additional demand in digital fulfillment channels, of course. And um, uh, and that's clearly created winners and losers in the industry based on you know how ready retailers were to to meet that very immediate shift. Um, so I think that sort of pretty much summarizes it up in terms of what we're seeing from our customers at the moment. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely there's there's been a lot more uncertainty and, of course, more and more pressure for retailers to kind of start this digital transformation process and, and really get that omni-channel strategy uh, right. So for the next question, uh, what are some of the biggest challenges facing retail at the moment? Well, I think that uncertainty, you know, it certainly led to customers initially wanting a lot more reassurance from the brands they do business with, right? So that creates its own challenges. Reassurance, basically, you know, more immediately, you know, at the start of the the, the pandemic meant uh, questions, uh, lots of questions. They're not that hard to answer. Um, you know, generally, it's a high volume of repeat questions. Um, uh, but because of the, the need for reassurance and the uncertainty in the consumer's mind, it, it sort of it generated a lot of demand in, in places that, that retailers quite often weren't expecting. So, you know, we saw a huge spike, for example, in, in phone demand and phones often the channel of reassurance, right? It's the one you turn to when you're really not sure and you really want to hear someone uh, who's going to make you sort of you know, believe what you're seeing. It's very different to reading something on a website, for example. So, so phone, phone spiked and, and lot, lots of retailers weren't used to sort of dealing with that. So that, that had its own impacts in terms of, you know, huge hold times, et cetera. Um, and, and sort of managing that change demand profile, you know, examples like that is uh, is actually really kind of the, the root of a lot of the challenges. So spikes of calls, general uptick in digital demand, um, that creates significant resourcing challenges for, for retailers. You know, at the same time, you're sending obviously your store staff home. Um, so many retailers, I think on, on the upside, many retailers who had invested in, you know, things like chat or messaging solutions for their customers worked hard to put store personnel to work on those solutions from home wherever possible, right? If you had that capability, you could do it. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of it was really to do with, um, you know, really to do with uh, resource management and, and the, the speed of change. And as stores have reopened, it's it's also creating its own challenges, right? It's very difficult to predict what channels customers will use because, you know, depending on where you are in the world, there's lots of different kinds of restrictions. As I sort of mentioned earlier, whether you can try things on in store is different from, from region to region. So it's, overall, it's a resource plan, planner's nightmare, really, to, to try and figure out how fast and what to do first and how to prioritize the resources to the right. You know, to the right kind of jobs at the right time. So I think that's sort of really underpinning one of the bigger challenges that we're seeing. Yeah, some really interesting points there. And and of course, you know, one of the more recent challenges is is this pandemic, which is obviously the latest challenge sort of cropping up in retail at the moment. We've heard in the last few days that they've updated the app. So hopefully that means less widespread shortages of staff. But I guess that just shows there's always new challenges uh, cropping up all the time. So how are retailers actually adapting to these challenges with innovative technologies like AI? Well, you should have mentioned the pandemic, right? So no technology is perfect. And, you know, there's a lot of tweaking that goes on to sort of get it to behave itself. And, you know, AI is no different. I mean, the most obvious uh, use of, you know, artificial intelligence kinds of technologies within retail have, have obviously been this massive proliferation of chatbots. Um, I think the second the pandemic opened up, we saw we saw chatbots for everything, but which was actually a pretty good move on, you know, to solve the immediate problem. As I said, reassurance led to questions, lots of questions and lots of repeat and fairly easy questions that chatbots are actually quite suited for. Uh, so that huge spike of demand, you know, from you know our, our perspective as a as a business to business provider of solutions, it, it just led to a lot of demand coming our way for these kinds of. Uh, can you help me deal with the spike of demand? I, I need to answer all of these questions. They're, they're broadly the same around sort of pandemic, new process changes, and what should I do? Um, 
so chatbots you know most immediately but but more you know generically sort of thinking a little bit bigger yes conversational solutions like chatbots i think the other the other one that's really in, been interesting for us um so we've seen in banking for a few years but actually is coming to the fore in retail is there's been a big spike in fraud during the pandemic as well so over 200 percent increase in identity fraud during during that period which is you know really kind of a sobering statistic and and so ai technologies that can help identify and verify uh consumers during sort of you know card transactions but also can help to understand whether you know the person you're dealing with currently might be a fraudster uh have uh, already come to the fore as well so you know we've been working with retailers on lots of those kinds of solutions and also you know the, the kinds of ai uses that we don't see as consumers so, so immediately so analytics so for example looking for these behavioral shifts and patterns to help the business to manage right to help those resource planners to manage themselves uh, by spotting patterns of new behavior that the business can can answer um, without waiting for a problem to occur and i think the third area if you've got conversation and analytics is, is prediction so you know we've seen next best product and people who bought this product like this like these other products kinds of algorithms in the past and we're starting to see a lot more being done in terms of you know predicting the intent of someone when they call or or or, or access your website so you don't even have to ask the customer what they want you can sort of start to make an educated guess in many cases based on AI having a prediction based on past data, which is pretty exciting because it, you know, makes a much easier to use experience for, for users. So I think they're the sort of three areas really we're seeing AI being used at the moment. Yeah, I mean, technology is certainly crucial at the moment in kind of adapting to the many challenges that retailers are facing at the moment, and and I think will continue to do so. But sort of coming to customers here, now that they're used to highly digitized shopping experiences, consumers are seeking the ease of e-commerce within the in-store environment. So how are retailers driving consistency across digital platforms and in-store? It's, it's a great question. I think it, it works both ways. So the ease of use and the sort of frictionless e-commerce experience in, in, within the in-store environment is one way to, to look at it. But it's there's also the sort of the high touch and personal experience of the in-store experience coming to e-commerce, so coming back the other way as well. So, you know, this so-called fusing of physical and the best of digital experiences mm -hmm. together. So, you know, digital is a, is a term I've seen used, which I find really uncomfortable to say. It's a really strange thing, um, but but I guess it it, it nails it. It, it. it makes the point, right? So we're trying yeah. to sort of fuse the best of both. I think a great example actually to to make this real from one of our customers so I you know H&M um, is, is one of our customers and, and they've really started to think about you know this through the, the whole journey through the lens of the customer not just sort of a single touch point you know so they've added a chatbot to the website to ensure customers can ask questions and get the reassurance they need as I mentioned and or clarifications actually at a timely point in the buying cycle to prevent things like cart abandonment because of confusion so chatbots are really good at helping with that um, but starting to you know, think broader now in the omnichannel sort of world, they're linking that so you can, you know, come out of that chatbot experience and within the same sort of place, you can speak to a real store advisor. So if your query is more complex than a robot's going to do, you can actually kind of continue to be dealt with and they can deal with more of the need then and there, you know, on the digital channel. So that's sort of bringing a little bit more of an advisory kind of capability not just a sort of chatbot standard question and answer 
type type of thing, which I think you'd normally get from in-store. But where they're really doubling down on linking physical and digital is they've taken that sort of same chat and bot you know, solution and they've embedded that in Google Maps, for example. So in the continental US right now, if you're an H&M customer, you can search in Google Maps before you visit the store. That's pretty much what you know 70% of the world do. They use Google Maps to go find where the store would be and get the address and directions. Um, but there's a there's a button right there within the Google ecosystem that lets you then ask all of the questions, you know, where's the store, what are the opening hours, you know, do I need to wear a mask still, all the other things you might need, do you have stock for something, um, and that could be with a with a chatbot and or a store representative, um, and so that's really right in the click-through path, in the journey path for a physical store visit, they've just injected this great digital experience that, that takes all of the friction out, and also, obviously, you know, reduces the number of unnecessary visits. So if they don't have the stock, you don't actually get in the car and go there. So I think that's really smart. It's, you know, that's sort of blending that that physical digital really, really nicely into a seamless experience. But the other way around also, you know, did a lot of work there as well. So, you know, they worked on their web bot and they thought, well, what is it we do in store? And, and one of the things, you know, from a fashion retail perspective is, of course, a lot of people come in for advice. So, you know, things like you might go into a store and say, I saw some shoes in you know, a, a shop up the road that I liked. What do you have that's similar, right? So that's not something you can do in digital very easily. You tend to sort of shop for things that are very much sort of there. It's hard to get, you know, things like this sort of advice. But what they've done is they've amended their chatbot. So, so actually, if you, you say, I've seen the pair of shoes somewhere else, it'll ask you to upload a photo and the AI will actually do a comparison to H&M stock find the product that's actually closest to it act more like an in-store assistant and say oh we've got these three things which are a bit like that one you saw and then you could even conversationally follow up and say well i, I like those but do you have those in brown instead right and it will start to sort of filter through the, the product catalog for you in a much more sort of intuitive way and, and that to me is much more an experience that i might expect in a store but i wouldn't be expecting on a digital channel so I think, you know, both ways around, they're starting to really blend the boundaries between those expectations and the best of both worlds, I think, is what comes out of that, which is really cool, really cool. Yeah, H&M is a great example, and that's really showing us how bridging that in-store online gap can also be really, really beneficial. So moving on to another important topic, personalization. When a retailer can identify who they're engaging with, they can provide an enhanced and more personalized customer experience. So how can retailers reap the benefits of customer identification whilst also addressing some of the trust and privacy concerns associated with authentication tools and sharing personal data? I think for retail especially, you know, personalization is not always about knowing the specific individual, right? But of course, there, there are kind of other forms of segmentation that fall into this sort of area as well. So I, I kind of think of personalization on an axis, right? So on the easy end, you've got simple personalization, like showing you that there are items on your cart that you forgot, you know, that you should come back to. So did you mean to sort of leave the cart behind, right? It's very simple kind of, you know, targeting um, based on behavior. And it, it sort of moves up in complexity from that very simple example. And, you know, next you might have product suggestions and recommendations, as I mentioned earlier on, based on your browsing history, right? So if they're keeping cookies in the browser, you can figure out you browse things previously and, 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 and give you sort of, you know, uh, um, propositions and recommendations from there. Um, but after that, you might use targeting. So you can sort of start to look at browsing behavior. So which pages did I visit? Did I linger on a particular part of the site? 
you know, either positively or negatively? And does that mean I'm looking lost? And can I be proactive with you? Right. So after, you know, and they're all pretty much non-identified. They're more about segmentation. So looking for certain patterns of behavior that conform to a type. Right. So it puts you in a segment, really. Um, but after that, you start looking at, you know, specific customer data. Uh, and, and then, of course, you need customers to log in, as you, as you say. Right. You need them to identify themselves. And that's where I think, you know, technologies like biometrics have been really shown to help. I mentioned fraud earlier on. Um, but also the other use case is just making login as seamless as possible. So, you know, outside of you know some retailers, H&M, for example, a lot of their customers don't log in. They obviously have loyalty to encourage login behavior. But if you go sort of outside of those retailers and you go to sort of maybe um, in the communications service provider side, so Vodafone UK is a great example um, where they're using voice ID to unlock your account. Right. And the idea behind that is I don't need to remember my PIN, password and all of the other questions uh, to get access to my account and all of the offers that they might have um, to, 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 to give to me, I can just use my voice to do that, right? And it'll recognize me that way. And of course, there, there are other mechanisms that could be used and particularly on digital channels, things like behavior. So looking at kind of how you use your device, your mouse, your keyboard or your mobile phone and how you swipe can actually give retailers an indication that you're you and this is conforming to your normal behavior and so maybe display those offers to you right but if it's looking like this might not be you using your your device right now they might choose not to so you you can sort of go for soft uh, identification as well as kind of much more you know fundamentally quite hard id when you really need someone to authenticate and biometrics is really good for that um, it's uh, it's a really neat way of doing it. It sort of takes the friction out of it because you don't have to remember all of the all of the data about your pets' names and all of the other things that we 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 hate so much. Um, but of course, the flip side of that is you know when you're using customer data, you know privacy is really important as well. Um, so you know it's it's making sure users are opting in. You know, and biometrics is pretty neat because actually you have to register your voice print, so you're effectively you know, giving your permission to use this kind of um, uh, mechanism to to secure your data, which is really useful from getting an opt-in from from users. Um, but a lot of success versus failure in personalization, from uh, my perspective, is as much about design as technology, right? So, if you think about the example, you know, hi Alex, you just walked past our store and, and missed us. There's a really great offer on those shoes you were browsing earlier. It might make you feel quite uncomfortable if you got that ping to your phone as you were sort of walking around the shopping center because you know, that's a little bit big brotherish, right? So it's massively personalized, but I wouldn't recommend it from a design perspective. You know, so much of the technology might even give you that information, right? You might have GPS and you might have uh, the information about about yourself to, to, to sort of do that. You wouldn't want to design that as an experience because your, your users are going to run away from the store rather than run into it. So it's much better to design in a subtle approach. You know, that surface is an offer at the right time, but but without you feeling you're being watched. So so in the end, this is a lot about sort of, you know, permissions and trust, I think, is, a you know, the most significant factor in here. So it's you know, making sure personalization really adheres to customers' expectations and, and they trust that you're looking after their data. Um, and if you do that, I think they're much more likely to opt into a, a lot of these offers and personalized experiences you, you give them. Yeah, definitely. And I think the the Vodafone example um, is very interesting, you know, using voice ID because obviously this makes the process a lot smoother. And I think 
when it's actually improving the service, perhaps consumers are more willing to share data or be more open. But yeah, this is this is one of the, the biggest challenges, kind of, you know, this balancing act between achieving that great customer service through personalization, but also being wary of consumer concerns around privacy. Right now to the, the final question. Looking ahead, what are your predictions for the future of retail? What best practices or approaches do you expect retailers to carry out in order to deliver customer journeys in a post-pandemic environment? Well, I think from from a future perspective, it's always a bit dangerous to to, to look to the future too much. But I'm already seeing a a lot of very interesting experiences that that sort of, in, in my mind, build on that physical, digital you know, merging, um, so taking more digital experience into the physical, so things like virtual changing rooms and virtual try-on. I'm seeing lots of really good technologies that are actually already coming out, you know, looking at how you can, you know, take that next step. So you could, you know, effectively not just have a bot that says, I've got shoes like the ones that you saw in another store, but also would you like to see them on, right, and, and take it even further still. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, and a lot more sort of within the digital sphere. But then also that, that sort of merging back into the physical store, right? So we're, we're also seeing a lot more um, personalized experience, you know, using things like digital to create um, uh, appointments as you go into into stores to shop. So you can get advice and you're actually sort of getting the attention of a shopper whilst you're in there. So things you might have seen historically as sort of a much more high-end experience, but with digital can be brought down to a cost level that, that they can be offered much more broadly. So I think that's really exciting in terms of sort of experience, uh, the merging of experience there. Um, and looking at sort of best practices, um, you know, the, 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 the best companies or the companies that have really come out of the last 18 months, I think in the best shape, all share a, a common trait, right? They all have a really a relentless focus on, on using, on measurement and feedback. Um, and are unafraid to continually make those small changes continually, you know, to to improve the experience. So they're not sort of doing big flashy investments alone. They're they're really doing the hard work in the trenches day in day out. And it's data that's driving the decisions they make. So they all know. I think they're sort of leading organisations that that really all of this, you know, technology and experience is is really all driven by data. So understanding expectations and quantifying that, understanding user expectations and what they're really looking to to do um, and then just relentlessly improving and optimizing your experience over time bit by bit you know so it's you're never done you're going to be improving you know over time for for a long time and that's really how I think all of those leading organizations are getting to these fantastic experiences they're getting to it's it's a brave move but it's it's data-driven and relentless yeah, some some really stand up points there, particularly around you know personalization and uh, utilizing data. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next uh, within the retail space. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. But it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. There, it's been a really insightful chat. If our readers want to find out more about Nuance, where can we send them? Uh, so the easiest thing I can say is go to nuance.com uh, and go and go and find us there. You can also talk to our, on nuance.com to our to our chatbot if you want to ask some questions and try out the technology when you're there. Um, uh, so yeah, that's that's the easiest way to, to 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 get to know us and find out a little bit more about us. But yeah, thank you very much for having me today. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you, and uh, I look forward to to joining you again soon. Thanks again for joining us, Seb, and also to all of our listeners. Until next time.